Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey everyone, Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Thursday, June 1st, 2023. It's about 2.30 in the afternoon here on the East Coast of the United States. Larry Johnson joins us today. Larry, uh, always uh, always a pleasure. Thanks, uh, Judge. Are you of the view that Russia is presently or will soon be preempting any Ukraine spring offensive? Uh, I think, I think a, a, the Russian campaign to do that has been underway for about four weeks. Uh, once it was being so prominently announced by U.S. government officials like Victoria Newland, as well as Ukrainian officials that, oh, we're, we're going to hit you, the offensive's coming, uh, Russia began an aggressive bombing missile campaign that has stretched across Ukraine. And it's been, uh, I think the only day that there was a break was maybe yesterday. So they've been hitting targets, particularly in Kiev, in western Ukraine. Uh, one of the objectives of this, I believe, is to degrade, further degrade, wipe out, Ukraine's air defense system. Uh, but the second uh, is to actually hit targets that are instrumental in the Ukraine, Ukrainians being able to mount an offensive. And just the other day, we got reports that the military intelligence headquarters, the equivalent of the GUR in Ukraine, was struck. And a high, high likelihood that there were NATO and U.S. officials in that facility Ooh. that may have been killed. What what kind of a facility is it? I mean, above ground, below ground, well Both. protected. Both. It was an above ground facility, uh, about uh, twelve stories, if I recall correctly, but it had an underground bunker, and that's what was hit. Uh, the, so it's not clear what the Russians used. Uh, they've got a couple of hypersonic missiles that can fit the bill, that can penetrate the earth, and hit that bunker. But it's clear that that bunker was struck. And there has been a complete shutdown of information and a physical shutdown of the road that goes to that facility uh, in Ukraine. Uh, the Ukrainians in, in, in Kiev have been very, very keen on keeping anybody from posting anything on the Internet that would show the actual physical damage or physical results of Russian strikes. Well, Larry, this is all breaking news that you're giving us. We haven't seen this anywhere uh, in mainstream media. No. Uh, what, what do your friends in the intelligence community say about this, or do they not know anything about it? Well, I, I'm picking up some uh, unusual rumblings that normally these kinds of events would readily be reported in, in intelligence channels and either at the secret or top secret level. And, and apparently none of that's getting out. Uh, it, it's almost as if there is a, a deliberate shutdown. What remains to be seen is that is, is the information being shut down because there is a, an upcoming uh, military operation that they intend to keep quiet? Or is it a shutdown uh, because uh, of what Jack Texera did, the, the leaks 
uh, from uh, you know about two months ago. Uh, you know anything's possible, but the fact is there are, there is not a good flow of intelligence information, and and yet on the open source side, there right. are sure indicators that something happened. The entire side of the the military headquarters building is black, like it was set on fire with a, you know, the charcoal was burning up against it. You know, um, you may be a little tired uh, of watching uh, Victoria Newland, but just <laughs> last Friday, yeah. here's what she had to say about the spring offensive. Now, remember, the number three person uh, in the State Department, but also the major domo of all political decisions with respect, and maybe military, I don't know, uh, with respect to Ukraine. Take a listen. And even as you plan for the counteroffensive, which we have been working on with you for some four or five months, we are already beginning our discussions uh, with the Ukrainian government and with friends in Kyiv both in the civilian side and on the military side, about Ukraine's long-term future. All right, two, two things to unpack there. The American government has been working closely and carefully with the government in Kyiv on the spring offensive, and she's stating this in a public venue? Yeah. What kind of sense no, does that make, whether it's true yeah. or not? No, it's, it's crazy. Of course, uh, General Newland, you know, we... Remember, she, what, was she a graduate of West Point or was it the Naval Academy or Air Force again? No, she was a graduate of no military academy, right, no right. military experience. She, she was no. at Princeton. Yeah. She was an undergraduate at Princeton with General Milley, same time yeah. period. I don't know if they knew each other. They were there at the same time period. This is a, a, a generation at Princeton after Sam Alito and I were there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... What, what, the, what this is a reminder, she is completely inexperienced on that front, but the problem is she thinks she knows what she's talking about. She does have information in terms of what the level of U.S. support is to Ukraine. And for the life of me, I don't know why they feel compelled to divulge this. Right. You know, the back during when we were supporting the Mujahideen in Afghanistan against the Soviets, there was an, an imperative that we not talk about it in public. And, the, you know, the Russians knew that we were supporting the Mujahideen, but it was just not discussed in public. It didn't create this public expectation uh, that would require another government to act. Here she is, you know, tipping off the, the Russians. Here we come. This is, yeah. we're really going to do this. I'm going to play it again. I'd like you to uh, focus on the last 10 words or so of what she says concerning Ukraine's future. Gary? And even as you plan for the counteroffensive, which we have been working on with you for some four or five months, we are already beginning our discussions uh, with the Ukrainian government and with friends in Kyiv, both in the civilian side and on the military side, about Ukraine's long-term future. What is she going to do? Get rid of President Zelensky and reorganize the Ukrainian government for the third time? No. Ukraine does not have a long-term future. That's what's so shocking about what she's talking about. I, I mean, I guess it's, I suppose it's good to be idealistic and hopeful, but Ukraine does not have a long-term future. 
this lost 50% of its population already through either immigration or being killed or, or, or wounded or uh, going over to, to Russia. So it's not like the, the population is growing. They've lost at least 20% of the territory. Russia's mm -hmm. not giving that back. And Ukraine has no military capability, even with US and NATO backing, to retake any of that territory. They just don't. Um, I want you to take a look at the uh, clip that we have of the bombing uh, on Memorial Day, American Memorial Day, of uh, a high-end residential neighborhood in Moscow. And tell me what you uh, think of this. Gary, if you could run that clip. There we go. I'm going to speak over it. Now, I don't know how strong that is. We've gotten different estimates from 500 pounds of ordnance down to 30 pounds of ordnance. There's a lot of smoke there. Gary's going to run it again, and you'll see a terrifying red flash uh, at the very beginning, which probably uh, causes fire. Um, yeah. So this is a residential neighborhood in Moscow, 10 minutes from uh, President Putin's official uh, residence. This would be like this thing going off in Embassy Row uh, in Washington, D.C., high-end homes, not quite the White House, but not far from it. So uh, do you think... And do your sources inform you uh, that this came all the way from Ukraine, which is 600 miles from Moscow, or that it was fired by someone, Ukrainians or anti-Russian Russians from within Russia? And why a residential neighborhood? And why, honestly, next to no damage? Right. Well, my understanding is that this was launched from Ukraine with the assistance of U.S. NATO intelligence. That's what makes it possible. But uh, the Russians have an effective both electronic warfare capability and missile defense. This one was clearly, in my view, brought down by the electronic warfare capability. It exploded harmlessly in a field. Now, the, the people that were killed and damaged in this are the worms and the ants. Anybody that was crawling around in that dirt, they got roasted. But it did not hit any buildings. It did not kill any uh, people. And yet, what the, this is a sign of Ukrainian desperation. Are this was launched, I believe, by Budinov, their head of their intelligence uh, organization. And curiously, he's been pretty silent since that bunker was struck. We don't know if he was killed or wounded in that strike the other day. Are we safe in concluding that American intel was aware of these attacks before they occurred? And if so, that American uh, government, the Biden administration, whoever's running this stuff, either consented to it or looked the other way. Now, let me take you back to your days as a judge on the bench. You, When you confronted a suspect with guilty of willful blindness, it didn't matter whether they absolutely knew that it was going to happen. They chose not to know. They could have known, and they, and they you know, oh, averted their eyes at the last minute. Uh, Ukraine would not be able to mount these operations without a supply of intelligence that's coming from NATO and the United States. That's the bottom line. Uh, whether Budinov called up the CIA and said, hey, I'm going to tell you what I'm getting ready to do, doesn't matter. We're aiding and abetting a criminal act. That's we what are, it boils down to. We are to. poking the bear yeah. in his backyard. Yeah. Almost, no, this is almost literally true, Larry. Yeah. This is the, the American people, because of the luxury we've had of geographic distance, that we're separated by oceans, we, we're ignoring this war. We've been ignoring it for 10 years now, all going on 10 years. Uh, the, 
the number of civilian casualties that have been caused by the Ukrainians launching missile attacks on civilian targets in the Donbass. Uh, Russia finally had enough, is pushing back to try to stop that. But yet we continue to arm Ukraine. And in the process, note, what Ukraine is hitting with these drones are not military targets. They're hitting civilian targets. That has been their, their MO, their method of operation for the last eight, nine years. Uh, starting why, in the why, hits, why hit civilian targets when it's the Russian military that's coming after them? Now, well, partly because they're gutless cowards. Uh, number two, their goal is to try to terrify the population in hopes that they can forward that the pop, popular uprising, public support will erode from uh, the Russian government and force Vladimir Putin from office. I mean, it's a it, it's a crazy strategy, but that's that's what they're banking on. Here's uh, it's um, a here's weakness. It, it, go ahead. Here's Admiral Kirby yesterday uh, being asked about this in the White House. Clarify for us again the U.S. policy here, because it says that as a general matter, Ukraine shouldn't strike inside Russia. What exactly does that mean, general matter? And does Ukraine, you know, a country that's been under attack for more than a year, not have a legitimate right to attack its aggressor back on its own territory? We don't tell them where to strike. We don't tell them, uh, you know, where not to strike. We don't tell them how to conduct their operations. We give them equipment. We give them training. We give them advice and counsel. Heck, we even do uh, tabletop exercises with them to help them plan out what they're going to do. But ultimately, President Zelensky and his military commanders decide what they're going to do uh, from a military perspective. And they decide what they're going to do with the equipment that has been provided to them and that they now own. All that said, we have been very clear that, that we do not support attacks inside Russia. And we do not enable and we do not encourage uh, attacks inside Russia. Believable, Larry? <laughs> John Kirby sounds like the guy that sold Al Capone the machine guns and ammunition for the St. Valentine's Day massacre. Well, I didn't ask him what they were going to do, and I didn't didn't tell him what to go do. But, you know, what they do is up to them. Well, right. we are enabling. They would not be able to do this without the intelligence we provide, without the ammunition that we provide, without the weapons we provide. So this notion that we're not enabling is just is just a lie, a blatant lie. Um, over the weekend, S Senator Lindsey Graham met with President Zelensky, the same Senator Lindsey Graham who about a year ago asked the President of the United States to put in motion a plan to assassinate Vladimir Putin. I want you to listen to what Senator Graham had to say to President, uh, President Zelensky just four days ago. Uh, nice to meet you. How are you, sir? Thank you very much. Thanks, United States, people of, of the United States, for all big support. Thank you so much. Free or die. Free or die. Now you are free. Yes. And we will be. And the Russians are dying. So the best money we've ever spent. Thank you so much. Russians are dying. Best money we ever spent. How irresponsible is that? Yeah, no, it, it plums the depths of depravity. Uh, you know, Graham is, I, I don't believe he's an unintelligent person. I, I don't believe that he is an ignorant person. But to be this willfully obtuse, 
and to completely ignore the history of what has transpired. Uh, it is, you know, you got to plumb, you want to sit him down and say, okay, Lindsay, what is the basis for your visceral hatred of the Russians? Uh, and it is, because uh, it really, it, it's not like the Russians had been out conquering the rest of the world. They haven't. We've not had Russia invading other countries uh, like the United States has been over the last 30 years. So why is it that these politicians like Graham insist upon saying things that are going to make it more difficult to reach a diplomatic settlement? That's the problem here, Judge, is we do not we are not creating any kind of off ramp that will divert us from a military confrontation. Right. And the bet we're making is that the United States has a superior military capability to Russia. And my view, and that I think of Doug McGregor and Scott Ritter, is that's not true. The United States is like, and NATO, are likely to suffer a terrible defeat if we decide to try to engage the Russians on this issue. Let me raise your blood pressure uh, a little bit more. Victoria Newland, five months ago on invading Crimea, there is a drone base in Crimea where the drones that the Iranians have yes, given yeah. Russia are being launched from. There are command and control sites in Crimea that are essential for Russia's hold on all of the territory, including the land bridge. There are mass military installations on Crimea that Russia has turned into essential logistics and back office depots for this war. Those are legitimate targets. Ukraine is hitting them, and we are supporting that. This is, this is a confession about using uh, Ukraine as a battering ram. I, I would think, and you know, I'm a legal guy, you're the military and intel guy, this is one of the more absurd statements uh, in, in the entire war, that she wants America to support an invasion uh, of Crimea. I mean, Ukraine is about as likely to win back Crimea as Mexico is to win back Arizona or Texas. Well, for, for a battering ram, it's pretty flaccid. Uh, she is ignoring the fact that uh, Russia has ample air defense systems, that Ukraine has not been able to penetrate those systems with any kind of effectiveness or regularity, uh, and that the, the entire notion that Ukraine has the wherewithal to put a ground force that would actually cross in and, and take control of the Crimea. It's, it's sheer madness. But recognize that Ukraine has been at war with the Donbass, the two republics in the Donbass, the Donetsk and Luhansk, for the last eight years. And in that eight-year period, the Ukrainian army could not take control of that territory. So how in the name of God are they going to take control of Crimea where the Russians have been spending the last six months building up earthworks, dragon's teeth, actual fortifications on the ground, zeroing in artillery, putting in both artillery and mortars that will be able to shell advancing troops, as well as air defense systems that could defeat anything that the Ukraine, Ukrainians decided to try to fly towards those lines. Any troops that try to attack those lines are going to be slaughtered. That's the bottom line. Larry, big picture. Do you think that the mentality of Lindsey Graham, Victoria Newland, uh, Anthony Blinken, Jake Sullivan, and even to a certain extent, uh, President Biden, want to drag NATO into a land war 
over Ukraine because they somehow think that NATO would win and hope that President Putin would be driven from office. Do they actually think that way? Do we have enough evidence to come to a conclusion that, that that's more likely than not their objective here? Sure. They're as delusional as Adolf Hitler was in the final days in the bunker. You know, Doug McGregor the other day referenced the movie Downfall, which is about those final days. And Hitler genuinely believed that he had troops, he could issue orders, that people were going to move here and there. That's the kind of state we're at, but it's not confined to just Joe Biden. It's confined, it's, it includes Victoria Newland, Jake Sullivan, Anthony Blinken. It includes people like Lindsey Graham. It is a mass delusion that is set in that they believe that some sort of magical thing is going to happen and that the Russians are going to roll over and, and curl up into a fetal ball and cry because they've received some opposition. The history of Russia is replete with the Russians facing foreign invaders, which is one of the reasons that Vladimir Putin is reacting as he, as he is you know, with respect to Ukraine trying to become part of NATO and the West ignoring Putin's warnings. Contrast what you observed and so nicely summarized with the following rather articulate, nuanced, thoughtful statement from Hungarian President Viktor Orban. It's long. It's maybe a minute and three quarters. Sure. Absolutely worth listening to, including the last couple of seconds. You, you made a great deal about 19, oh, I'm a 1956 yeah, yeah, yeah. and fighting for freedom. You have a neighbor who is invaded by Russia, the very country. You know, you grew up with pictures of tanks going into Budapest. You know, why are you opposing no, the European aid? No, no, it's, it's emotionally. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's tragic. So, so we, all of our heart is with the Ukrainians. We understand how much they suffer. But I'm speaking here as a politician who should save lives. So the most important thing for the international political community is to save lives, especially when you are convinced, as I do, that there is no chance to win this war. So therefore, what we should do far more energy invest into to convince everybody that the only solution is ceasefire. And then after the ceasefire, peace talks should start. And then we could back to your point, yeah? To, you, to but, the, you, but do you really think there is no chance of Ukraine winning? That's and my surely point. the main, surely the, they stand very little chance of winning without the aid which you are currently blocking. No, no, my, my, my position is that uh, looking at the reality, looking at the figures, looking at the surroundings, looking at the fact that NATO is not ready to send troops, it's obvious that there is no victory for uh, poor Ukrainians on the battlefield. It is obvious that there is no chance of victory yeah. for Ukrainians on the battlefield. I, I was just uh, blown away with the articulate, thoughtful nature of that. Your thoughts, Larry? Well, he's, he's on the front line, and his country is, is one of the ones that would be uh, directly affected if war breaks out. And... Uh, he doesn't want to see any more Hungarians die in what is a futile effort. Uh, the, the fact that the United States continues to try to push uh, towards a war. Now, remember, we have at least uh, two military units, the 101st Airborne and the 82nd Airborne, that are deployed 
in Poland. Uh, I think the 101st is in Poland, and the 82nd is currently in Romania. Right. Well, they're over there ostensibly to conduct exercises, et cetera. But uh, the temptation to try to use those troops, I think, is it, it's growing, at least within the political circles of the Biden administration, because you've got so many people with no military experience and that they, they, they somehow feel that they, by watching Hollywood movies, that they, they can launch these troops into battle and that they will, you know, they will prevail without any regards to what Russia can do to the United States. Russia has exhibited tremendous patience up to this point, but you can't, we can't keep trying to punch it in the nose and have it get punched in the nose on occasion and expect them not to ultimately react. I don't, I don't want to get into uh, former President Trump and his legal woes, uh, but the CNN and the New York Times and NBC News are reporting this morning that uh, the government, the, the prosecutors, have a tape of President uh, Trump discussing at his home in Bedminster, New Jersey, after he left office, um, a national defense information document that he took with him. The document purports to be a four-page, single-spaced, manually-typed proposal for the American invasion of Iran, which Trump rejected. The document was allegedly written by and handed to, uh, handed to Trump by its author, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley. Now, if he's crazy enough, crazy enough, to make a recommendation like that to President Trump, what do you think he's telling Joe Biden to do with the 101st and the 82nd that are already there? Sure. Well, and you can't discount the possibility that Milley deliberately did that as an attempt to try to set Trump up. But the reality is Donald Trump as president could declassify that. And so, he, you know, he can talk about it and he can share it around because if he declassified it, it's no longer classified. Ultimate I classification. Want you, I want you to focus on Milley's mentality because he's still in office. What what kind of memos is he sending old Joe? Yeah, I what I've seen so far is he's actually shied away from doing the militarily irresponsible thing. That's okay. the good news. Uh, but he's been trying to defuse as opposed to uh, get, get involved with the battle. But he hasn't pushed back. You know, he should have made it a said, look, we're not going to deploy these forces forward into Romania and Poland. Um, but he's on his way out now. Uh, right. So it really doesn't matter. He's not going to light the fuse and then run out the door. Uh, that'll be up to uh, Charlie Brown, who's coming in, Charles Brown, uh, his successor, uh, which is, you know, n no better news. Uh, the incompetence that we've seen with Millie is just going to be exacerbated with Brown. As, as well as the sycophant uh, nature toward this administration. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Larry, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you for the fascinating news about the intelligence community's relative silence about that bunker uh, being destroyed. One can only hope that um, NATO and American officers weren't killed, but it sounds like uh, bad news is about, uh, about to come. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. Thank you, Judge. Okay. If you like what you saw, thank you very much for watching. Share with your friends. More as we get it. Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom.